Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is a very special Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, what day is it here on Satellite Sisters? Leanne, it's Madam Secretary Day. Yeah. It is. We didn't know it, but we got confirmation yesterday that we were going to be able to talk to the executive producer and the showrunner of Madam Secretary. And so they, you are going to hear that interview later on in the day. So we're just devoting the whole day to Madam Secretary, aren't we? Yes, it seems appropriate, Leanne. I mean, it's a great show, and we're going to go in deep on the, uh, on all topics associated with Madam Secretary. That's right. We've got the recap for this week's episode coming up. But let me tell you about the showrunner and the executive producer, because Barbara Hall, who created Madam Secretary, she has a list of TV credits that will just make you cry. If you ever wanted to be a TV writer or love TV, uh, she created the series Judging Amy and Joan of Arcadia. She oh, was the co-executive producer of Homeland, and she is the creator and uh, showrunner of the CBS series Madam Secretary. But she's written for every TV show you ever loved, Northern Exposure, Chicago Hope, I'll Fly Away, Moonlighting. I mean, that's- I know. I know. (laughs) Well, I was so happy when I saw that she wrote for Moonlighting. I was like, I love Moonlighting. I oh, know. It's a great show. It was. But Leanne, explain, explain what a showrunner is. They're Briefly. the actual writer on the show. They are the ones that have conceived of the idea. Maybe they've worked with other executive producers. Like in Barbara's case, she has. But they have created the characters, like written the initial three or four page outline. They pitch the show. And then when the show gets bought and generally they write the pilot on their own. And then when the show gets bought and goes into production, as in the case of Madam Secretary, those other fantastic shows, they literally work in the writer's room and run it. They hire all the writers. They create the story arcs for the season. They, you know, assign the writing assignments and they work on every script. So that's what a showrunner does. And then Lori McCreary is joining us. She is the executive producer. She runs Morgan Freeman's production company. And so she helped create the show. Her job, in the case of Madam Secretary, is to actually be on the set and get things going. When we talk to them, you'll see Lori is in New York on set where they film Madam Secretary in Brooklyn. And Barbara is in Los Angeles, like, working with the writers. But they have constant contact in how the show is executed and moves forward. But Lori has an interesting background herself. She actually is a computer scientist and came out of the tech world. And she was sort of so, she kind of wanted to get into show business, so she invested in Bopop. And uh, and Morgan Freeman was signed to direct that film, uh-huh. and then they ended up filming a production company. Uh, their Revelations is the name of their production company, and they sort of focus on projects that reveal truths. That's what their company motto is. So um, she's like, for instance, they produced uh, Through the Wormhole with Morgan Freeman, that uh, you know was on Discovery and various things like that. So and then she and and also Invictus, which was yeah. I mean, I saw that movie on a plane, Leanne. Talk about a sob fest. It was, I, 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 it was just, 
I, I think I had to take one of the airplane blankets and put it over my head because I was crying so hard. It was wonderful. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so they both have these crazy, impressive resumes. So even if you haven't been watching Madam Secretary, stay on for the interview because it's really fascinating to hear them sort of break down uh, the creative process and the production process and how they work. And that's a complicated show, you know, because it deals with sort of current current events but also creating memorable characters. So we are going to talk to Lori McCreary and Barbara Hall after this week's recap. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Jill, what did you think of this episode overall? Well, uh, three words, Leon: Kale, Cuba, and car crashes. Okay? <laughs> I was – I loved it. <laughs> okay. Because my feeling was like, whoa, I, did they call this episode the kitchen sink? Because everything was in there. Cuban embargo, Ferguson, Black Panthers, religious freedom – Instagram stars, Black Lives Matter, like, it just, it was a big old... Oh, and a palace revolt at the end, Lee, and don't forget that, yes. It was just, just nuts. It was just nuts. But I think my favorite bit was right at the beginning when we had just an awesome eye roll from Madam Secretary. Taya Leone starts starts the show right off with a big old eye roll at Rap Face Craig, and I like... I like that. They're trying to figure out the Cuba strategy. This episode did have a lot to do with reopening diplomatic relations in Cuba. And then Madam Secretary really wanted to lift that embargo. And uh, she was going to do it all on her own. And Ratface Craig, the other, you know, foreign affairs advisor to the president, was suggesting another course of action. And the president sided with Elizabeth McCord, Madam Secretary. And then Craig made a derogatory mark and... Madam Secretary just gave him a great eye roll. I loved it. That, that was good, Leanne. No, it was, it's really an interesting episode because, you know, like, like a lot of the episodes of Madam Secretary, you, you understand how complicated these things are. You know, it's not a simple policy. You know, they, every situation has, is multifaceted. And, and our Madam Secretary has to deal with most of them. So, um, and then, of course, she has rat face Craig to, uh, that she's dealing with. <laughs> undermining so. her. And yes. it was undermining her throughout the whole episode. So, okay, so let's just stick with the storyline. They're reopening diplomatic relations. We know the fam is going to go to Cuba. Uh, Henry's going to go with her. The middle daughter is going to go. The younger son can't go because he has standardized testing. So, again, he hasn't, there's no housekeeper at home. <laughs> What's, who's who's Who in charge of him? I don't, how, I get, how is he getting to the SATs? I don't is that know. what you were thinking I, as a mother of I don't, a high school I like, senior? Isn't he that is su- not going to work. He's going to sleep right through the SATs. Isn't, isn't he supposed to eat a good breakfast before he goes? And we can't trust the college-aged daughter who makes bad choices to feed no. him breakfast. So uh, they're leaving two out of three kids at home. But there's a sort of a reason for that. So it's a father-daughter bonding trip. But the whole story re- revolves around Cuba. They're, we know they're opening up diplomatic relations. So now Elizabeth McCord wants to get that embargo lifted. And so there's the whole getting the votes, getting the votes. Well, well I mean, it was her, it was her light bulb moment to <laughs> to include the embargo, lifting of the embargo, because of course we had just thrown in there, as you call it, the kitchen sink episode. <laughs> there was another drunk, philandering senator that had to resign, right. which gave Madam Secretary the opportunity to become like, you know, she became the vote runner there. And, you know, usually that's done by the whip, the majority whip uh, in Congress. But no, Madam Secretary had time to do that. She was whipping her own votes, wasn't she, Lane? It did seem unusual that the Secretary of State would be doing that, Julie. I, I, you know, I don't want to call 
<laughs> into veracity the episode. But I, I don't know if that really happens. So I think you're right. I mean, we've seen it on other shows, but it's usually like, you know, Veep or West Wing. But it's usually not the Secretary of State like exactly. and her staff calling calling Congress. But that's okay. Because right. so, we love these scenes. People running all over the place. There's a lot of horse trading going on. Russell, the chief of staff, is playing hardball with people. You know, we get our first look at the senator from Minnesota who comes in all Minnesota nice. You know, she and yeah. Elizabeth, uh-huh. their mom's in the same PTA. Oh, putting on that Minnesota thing. And then the next thing you know, she is just, she's, she's stabbing Elizabeth in the back. She's going for it. People, there's a lot just of horse wheeling training. Wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Wheeling and dealing. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and in the meantime, we learn that the middle daughter, Allison, has had a car accident, taken uh-huh. the car to be fixed, paid for uh-huh. it herself, and not uh-huh. told her parents about it. I, I right. did not but think that was did. that a big she deal. I, I didn't think it was but, a big oh, deal. Oh, Leon, come on. Come on, Leon. Come on. Really. You, you, you have two teenage boys. If they had a car accident and they didn't tell you, wouldn't you, you wouldn't be upset? The fact that they would have taken it, gotten it fixed, and paid for it on their own is a miracle. Because when you have two teenage boys, you know they're going to have a car accident. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. So, like, uh, they've had the accidents, and then they come home, and, oh, it's not their fault. Oh, it's this. The car came out of nowhere. And you're like, all right, I do not believe one word out of your mouth. So I... Right. <laughs> much rather they taken care of it themselves so. i know but okay so allison but she, she she didn't tell her parents but she did tell like two thousand of her closest friends on facebook and instagram because she posted pictures of herself with the car accident right that's, right that's so, what her, that's yeah. what her dad was upset about right right i guess that's true we're seeing this storyline develop where allison uh, shares a lot of things. She's becoming a minor Instagram star. We learned a couple weeks ago that she thinks of herself as a fashionista, and now she's she's you know broadcasting her private life on Instagram, and that upsets Henry because I'm sure he doesn't know how to Instagram as a religion teacher. <laughs> okay, but uh, it looks like all is going well with the votes, and they have them all. And then one of the senators turns on them bringing up an incident, a police shooting incident that happened decades in the past where uh, a woman, a protester, an activist, was accused and convicted of shooting a Chicago police officer and fled the United States and has been living in Cuba for the past 40 years. So all of a sudden, the senator who had been on their side, the senator from Illinois, turns to them and forces the hand of the president and the secretary of state. He will not vote to lift the embargo until uh, the activist, uh, a woman, is sent back to the United States to face trial again, to, to do her jail time. She's been sentenced to life, right? Right, Leon. And uh, but I was so upset. I, this is where I feel like Madam Secretary does not have the kind of bench strength on her staff that she needs because she somebody should have known about this, right? Somebody should have known, you know, what political dissidents are in jail or what political, you know, what you know who, how many Americans do we have living in Cuba? Somebody fell down on the job, Leon. They were too busy whipping those votes, you know, and marking things on that whiteboard and making phone calls and uh, horse trading. And so they didn't do the staff work. I feel like this happens in a couple of episodes where, you know, where Bess is out there and, and, she doesn't have the support she needs. 
Okay, Julie, I can I can see you feel really strongly about that. Well, you know, her main staff player who was getting his storyline was Matt, the speechwriter. He wasn't for lifting the embargo or opening uh, diplomatic relations with Cuba. He seemed to have had issues with it. So over the course of the whole show, we see his arc, you know, how he comes to agree that this is the right thing to do after 54 years, and he refuses to, you know, Madam Secretary refuses to let him write her speech because she doesn't believe that his heart is in the right place. She assigns him the kale speech, Julie, which, of course, we thought of you because you hate it so much. I I knew I liked Madam Secretary because she doesn't like kale either. And as you know, I I have it is not my favorite, whatever it is. I don't even know what food group is. Vegetable, I guess it's, it's a vegetable. Seems like shrubbery to me. But there you have it. So uh, but we share that in common, Liam. So those stakes are being raised continuously. We think we have the votes. We don't. There's there's this threat. Now there's this other character. Madam Secretary goes off. She's going to open that embassy regardless. It's just a question of whether the embargo is lifted. So she goes off. They're en route to Cuba. The The chief of staff jumps in the car, and Henry offers his opinion, even though he's not supposed to say anything about state affairs. Like, I think Ratface Craig was the one that informed that guy, that senator from Illinois, about about the you know woman living in Cuba and uh, Russell Russell doesn't believe him. He thinks that's a long way to go. But Henry's insight is dead on, isn't it, Joel? Right. I mean, you know, because Henry's an operative. Uh, he might be a philosophy professor during the day, but you know, he's he's an operative, and so he he has good insight insight and, and he's very intuitive about the people around him. And I think he's probably protect, he wants to protect his wife too. So I'm sure he's looking at. At, you know, who who are her adversaries. So off they go to Cuba. And it must be noted that uh, the humidity in Cuba did wonders for Madam Secretary's hair. I thought, <laughs> I mean, she had a great hair episode, didn't she? Volume, Leon, <laughs> so, so much volume. So much volume and bounce. And it was shiny I- bounce this this week. Yes, indeed. And and Henry, Henry just, he, it's good that he got out of the stacks and got into the sun because he had a nice tan going, Lee. And, and yeah. that, that was very enjoyable, too. Yeah. In general, the McCords looked hot. And at one point, uh, Elizabeth even said to her husband, do I look hot? Which, uh, that, again, try that line on your own husband. See how that works after a long day's work. Okay. So off they go to Cuba. She's still trying to get the embargo lifted. Uh, but first she has to meet with this dissident who conveniently runs a, a small restaurant on the coast of wherever that was in, in Cuba. And the dissident refuses to come back to the United States. She insists that she was innocent, that there was planted evidence, that she's not going to spend the rest of her life in jail for a crime she didn't commit, that you know her people's rights were as violated as the policeman's right, that the policeman started to shoot first. And that's when we get like every cultural reference of the last year in a single <laughs> monologue, which I thought was a lot. I, to frankly, I have to say that was a lot. It was a lot to cover in like a, it was. It a, a was. two minute. But chat. I mean, but it is, it is true that you could have that kind of compl- complication. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it's just more that the secretary has to now unravel somehow and she has to do it. You know, she only has about 15 minutes before she gives this big speech. <laughs> I know. So that's hard. But this is where the staff really steps up, right, Leanne? Finally. Because, you're right, Julie. Yes. They do their job. They go yes. in. B.B. Newworth is forced to do just a terrible scene where she has to pretend to fake cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
wanted to say. And then she did some fake dialing on that phone. I know. (laughs) That wasn't good either. (laughs) Just let her sing. Just let her sing. Uh, So, but she gets the information she needs that, in fact, you know, the revolutionary, the activist, uh, the accused shooter did not, in fact, shoot it. They did, in fact, plant evidence. It wasn't her gun. All kinds of things are in this file that B.B. Newworth has to cry to get. So Elizabeth then goes back to her and says, okay, why don't you do it voluntarily? You know, Cuba has supported you, your revolutionary brothers, for 40 years here. But now you have a chance to go back and clear your name, and you can see your daughter and your grandson that you've never seen. And this time it's different in America. We've come a long way. And, you know, you'll have your day in court and your voice will be heard and she turns like in a second doesn't she yeah that was surprising yeah Uh, again because it's only there's now only 13 minutes before the big speech at the embassy so that's a good thing that she just leaves that restaurant on the beach and heads back uh to you know to uh for a new trial so um that wrapped up nice and uh, nice and neat there. It did. Yeah. And then in yeah. the meantime, Henry and Allison uh, have a lot, exchange a lot of harsh words about the accident and cars and Instagram and disrespect and respect. But then they come, they have a moment of understanding when Henry tells his daughter about the suicide of the Russian student and how it's affected him. And she's able to, to reach out and come to some understanding there. So we had the family bonding. Check. Did that. Yes. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> International. Right, they're going to start watching Gunsmoke. Yeah, that was a funny line. What's Gunsmoke? I I like the line when uh, Elizabeth said, "Did she really say nascent?" Yes, that was on my list. That was on my list too. And that lovely little necklace that they bought in the market that uh, that Taya Leone put on for the big speech. Uh, I I want one. Where do I get one, Leah? Cuba. Julie, I think you have to go to Cuba to get one of those. But let us just spend a moment talking about the red dress and the white blazer that she wears. That was a spectacular outfit. I I know we usually talk about the blouses, and she did have that one killer blouson thing at the end. But that white... I love that, Leanne. That's in my notes. Yes. (laughs) But that white blazer with the red dress, that was great, wasn't it? She She looked absolutely beautiful. She looked professional. And yet, yet it was uh, contemporary. And again, she had gotten a touch of sun uh, tromping around Cuba. Uh, so uh, she looked great. She looked great. And then Matt, her staffer, who's struggled with this Cuban opening it up and the embargo, he goes on his own journey where this is where TV imitates real life because it's yeah. really what the State Department did. They had the Marines who had been on, on duty when the embassy closed in 61. They brought them back to Cuba when it reopened. So Matt goes on that emotional journey, which I thought actually was a fairly effective little bit. Yes, yes, yeah. that was very nice. And it was you know, the rate you can't help. I mean, it was I got kind of choked up, particularly this week, watching this episode as they were raising the American flag. Yeah. Watching yeah. those Marines raise that American flag and then her speech, because it was the speech of all speeches. And, you know, it's been the best speech of the week, um, you know, and just to listen to uh, that speech about freedom and about uh, individual liberties and, you know, freedom of expression. I just loved it, Liam. And then, uh, then we go back to D.C. We get, uh, well, we get a view of the, the activist, alleged murderer who's now at home, and she is totally having her day in court. <laughs> yes. 
She's having your 20 <laughs> minutes of fame, Liam. There right. But again, but that was ripped from the headlines, too, yeah. because that was, that was, there was, you know, long-term negotiations that went on when we reopened our relations with Cuba. So that yeah, was. Yeah, where was the Pope? Was... I thought the Pope was going to show up maybe in that episode, <laughs> but uh, he didn't. And then we go back to the White House where we see Russell, Russell, the chief of staff, just crush the senator from Illinois who thought he could publicly challenge the president on this Cuba thing. Crush him. And we do learn, in fact, that it was Ratface Craig who uh, who was working with the senator from Illinois. He did sell out the president for his own personal gain. And that does not sit well with Russell. And uh, and Henry was absolutely right. So that was a good moment, too. Right. And then Russell, the last line when he says, we're going to bury him. Yeah. You know, I think I think uh, Madam Secretary right now she's aligned with Russell. But it's clear you don't want to get on Russell's bad side. Okay, so that uh, it's you know it's a tricky thing. Okay, so she's got to stay aligned with Russell when she can. But there might be issues down the road where she's not aligned with Russell, and all that that ferocity has you know can come right at her. So you just got to watch out. All right, and so clearly next week uh, we go to Russia. We go back to Russia again. Uh, World War Three appears to be still percolating there in Moscow. Right. Did you yes, watch the previous? Yes, it week? looks good, Land. It's, it's, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Okay. So, a good, uh, all in all, an excellent episode. Cuba, take check, taken care of. <laughs> what? Check. Um, all right. Stay with us because coming up next on Satellite Sisters on our special All Madam Secretary episode, we are going to be talking to the executive producer and the showrunner of Madam Secretary. We're going to be talking to Lori McCreary and Barbara Hall in just a second. Stay with us for the Satellite Sisters. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? 
this Mother's Day? Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OSEAMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. We are so happy today on Satellite Sisters to welcome the showrunner for the CBS drama, uh, Madam Secretary Barbara Hall is with us and the executive producer of the show, Lori McCreary. Julie and I are really thrilled. Lori and Barbara, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thank, Thank you for, you having, for us. having us. You know, can I tell you just how much we enjoy the show and how much we enjoy talking about it? And are you really proud of it, Lori? Do you do you wake up every Monday morning and go, God, it's a good day's work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm thrilled and very proud of it. I think that... Um, for us to do something that people love, but also we think has some interesting things to say is a great thing, a great day. Barbara, you're the creator of the show. And one of the reasons it's so compelling to watch week in, week out, international crises notwithstanding, is just the character of Madam Secretary. She's fantastic. We want all of our public representatives to be like her. She's smart. She's decisive. She's thoughtful. But she's also nice, and she looks great in a bathrobe. So how did you, how did you put her together? How did you create Madam Secretary? Who is she based on? Well, I had nothing to do with her looking great in a bathroom. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I basically, you know, I've uh, worked for a long time in a, in a, in a very um, strongly male-influenced business, shall we say. So I'm always interested in telling the story of the woman and man's world. And I also really like a fish-out-of-water story. And then I put that together with the idea of bringing someone into politics who's a little bit of an outsider who can recontextualize things for us and also bring a little bit of an aspirational element, everything you just said. So um, I tried to put that together with just a smart woman who has a sense of humor and then 
um, say, it looks great in a bathroom, so it all works. <laughs> you know what I love? I like the spy craft aspect. I thought that was really fun, that she had a CIA background, so sometimes she's like a spy out there. <laughs> well, that was really important to me, that she'd come from, that, that, that this character would come from some part of, of Washington that isn't uh, what you think of as, as a political career or a career politician. So, um, you know, I, I thought that a CIA background would do exactly what you're saying, give her a sense of how to work in, in um, foreign policy. That's a more hands-on approach. She's really been in the mix in that way. Barbara and Laurie, this is Julie. I mean, she's such a female problem solver and such a female communicator. That's the part about it that I love. You know, she does it with her own style. But one of the other things that's amazing is that you do the each episode uh, is like ripped from the headlines. How do you do you read like the papers and say, okay, well, we got the situation in the Ukraine and maybe we should cover that. And how do you balance that with the the sensitivity that's going on in the world? I don't maybe Barbara, you could start and Lori, I'd love to hear your comments, too. Yeah, we're kind of um, surprised often at how close we get to the headlines because we're trying to work a little bit in the future. We look at uh, the situations that are going on in the world today, and our world is supposed to be like one election cycle plus one year ahead. So we'll look at issues that are um, happening today, but then we'll game them out to various um, ways we believe things could work out, and always the most dramatic way because we're doing a TV show. Um, <laughs> right, but yeah. every now and then, and wrapped in 60 minutes, if we could only, if we could only. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, sometimes we, we game out the scenarios in a way that they actually end up transpiring and a little faster than we thought. So that's how we get so close to what's happening. And I can let Lori speak more to that. Yeah, it's a little frightening. I mean, when people ask me, how do you get so close? I just say, we just have Barbara Hall and her crystal ball. It's, <laughs> it's a little frightening. We often, our crew comes to set on a day, like last year, we were shooting um, about the Greek debt crisis, and they literally brought us a newspaper that it was happening. And I don't, just this last episode two weeks ago was about yes. the um, American ISIS who was struck by a drone and we did that and so Gee, i think that John, the next uh, yeah the next exactly <laughs> it's uh I, we we joke i want barbara to write something about an executive producer who falls in love and gets married and maybe that'll come true as well <laughs> <laughs> do you have like inside sources at the state department Lori? do you have fact checkers people like that that you use or is that is that too on the nose do you just kind of assume no, you got I mean, it right we, what we do is, I mean, the writers are really amazing, led by Barbara, and they sit in a room literally all day um, and think up these great stories, and they craft them in a way that works both dramatically and I think that fits within the confines of what could actually happen. And then we have a really great group called Glover Park, um, led by Michael Feldman, who a group of former speechwriters of administration, policy advisors, you know, the J character, those kind of guys yeah. are in this group. Um, they're international experts and they review everything. And, you know, we listen to them most of the time. Right. And we take some license other times. When Secretary okay. Albright was on the set, did you actually, did she tip you off to any storylines? I understand, Barbara, you had talked to her before you created the show or as you were creating the show, but then she was on set. What was that like? Well, it's a two-part story, and I'll let Lori pick it up. Just the beginning is that we she got in touch with us pretty early 
um, she knows Tim Daly quite well and, and, and let us let be known that she was interested in, in participating if we wanted her to. Then we all got together at the White House Correspondence Center, and that's where we decided, yes, she was going to be on. Um, and then I'll let Laurie tell, you, tell the great story that happened while we're on set. It was it was pretty and yeah it was pretty incredible. I mean, one of the first things that happened was we sent her the script and her office called to ask us what the protocol was for script notes, and she gave us she gave us incredible. I thought it was great. She called about the protocol and didn't just call and say here are some ideas. And um, and she came up with one of the best lines of the episode that I think, um, which was there's plenty of room in the world for mediocre men. There's no room for mediocre women. We are here. We line. cited that in our recap. It's a great line. Oh, there you go. That's her line. And the, the craziest thing was the day she was on the, set, on the set when we were shooting was the day that they were signing the Iran Peace Treaty. Yeah. And we, we basically, she said, um, I think I'm going to have to go take a phone call in a little bit. Is that okay? And I was like, um, okay, sure. Go take a phone call. That's okay. And it was 15 minutes half hour, 45 minutes later, and we're all like, we're literally at a dead standstill on set. But I'm thinking, we can't interrupt this phone call, which I'm, a, I'm sure it's about what's going on internationally. I'm sure, well, we heard later it was with all of the former secretaries of state, Kerry, really? Clinton. Oh, yeah. Yes. And she, was and right. it was Everybody literally like, it was literally, we were living, we were living the, um, <laughs> what we were writing, and it was quite incredible. Yes. And I didn't dare interrupt her. I was like, nope, take as long as you need. <laughs> now, in that episode, though, Barbara, I have a question because they, they plan a lunch, you know, Taya Leone, Elizabeth McCord, uh, Secretary Albright, and Secretary Rice. But but Secretary Clinton was not on that list. Why were they leaving her out of the girls' lunch? <laughs> was that... I think they probably assumed she was a little busy. Okay, all right, that's yeah. what I figured. I just I don't know. Maybe I just didn't know. They 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 were dissing her in some way. Okay. Okay, Barbara, Barbara and Lori, um, I have to confess, I took um, I took a girlfriend trip to North Korea. Uh, about three years ago. So I'm very curious, will we see North Korea in an upcoming episode? And if you're looking for a storyline, I can tell you about my trip. (laughs) Well, I would love to hear about your trip. Well, I just want to know about it. You took a girl's trip? Yeah, I took a girl's trip. Yeah, it was just two two ladies from Texas. We decided we wanted to go to um, uh, Pyongyang. So we went for five days and we came back. But I, I certainly think that you could have an episode where two ladies from Texas go to Pyongyang and somehow their People magazine gets um, gets confiscated and they get thrown in jail. And then the Secretary of State has to come and negotiate with Kim Jong-un. So there you have it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This didn't happen to you, did it? No, no, no. We made it out a lot. Okay. Okay, good. It was a fascinating trip, but I would never, ever, ever go there again. But yes, we did go. Oh, wow. I'm sure you love that when people give you story ideas. Do you just love that? (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, I've never heard the girls trip to North Korea before. I usually go to Santa Barbara's spa or something. Um, I guess if we ever did a North Korea story, that would be the one. There you go, Julie. We'll definitely call you for sure. Okay, sounds good. Way to go, Julie. Way to get that in. Way to get that in. (laughs) 
now uh, we have to say we love the relationship between Elizabeth and Henry. And maybe it's just because we love Tim Daly. But I think we love they have a sexy, <laughs> fun, it seems like contemporary relationship. Uh, it reminds me it's like a high profile version of Tammy and Coach Taylor, which I love. So um, but uh, what's the inspiration for that? Is that also aspirational <laughs> or, you know, you're you're looking at real power couples thinking, oh, somehow they're making it work. I think it's it's both of those things. For one thing, I thought it might be refreshing to just show a, um, uh, a highly functioning marriage um, because it really hasn't been um, fodder for television. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Lately. That is correct. Um, I just thought it would be different. And also, I, I believe that it's... Um, I believe it is out there and it needs to be represented, you know, even and especially in worlds of, um, you know, high power or, or, or high profile. And um, and I really, you know, and there are some examples of power couples that are making it work. So I thought, why not do that? Because it would be a, a new way to go. But well, you know, go ahead, Joel. Well, what, one thing we are, you know, we, you know, we love the work family balance. We love how Henry shares and the responsibilities, you know, certainly with teenage and college age kids and, and all of that. But, you know, we don't understand how all those breakfast dishes are getting done every day. Okay? <laughs> we just don't understand. My theory is that she does them when she gets home. <laughs> it's one thing that she can actually... Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point, Laurie. That it's it's a good way to relax. So she's in there watching dishes. It is. I mean, you know, I don't know if you, you. I don't know if you saw the episode. There was an episode when she was actually doing the dishes, and it was late at night, and Henry came down, and I thought I love to cook because it's one thing I can actually plan, shop, cook, complete, and everyone loves it. And it's in one night, and it's very rare in our business that we get to do that. So I think of I think of Elizabeth as coming home and wanting to get the kitchen clean and it's one thing she can actually complete you know within a short amount of time she i believe she was in a bathrobe in that scene and didn't she get like called to the white house or didn't the russian foreign minister like yeah interrupt the dishwashing good memory good memory we are watching these episodes you know your plot lines are so complicated we to do the recap we have to watch the shows twice very often so i hope that's being recorded in nielsen land that we're watching twice yeah Thank I mean, you. Thank you very much. You're throwing it all in there. We need to understand geopolitics and, like, why did Henry put the heroin in his pocket instead of throwing it out like a normal father would? <laughs> um, we do. It, we only have a few more minutes, but I did want to ask, uh, first of all, the wardrobe. I mean, it's sensational. Taya's wardrobe is inspirational to us. Uh, it, does she have a lot to do with that? I know you have real stylists on the set. Is this stupid that we're focused on her hair and her clothes when she's the second? Secretary of State. <laughs> I mean, we just can't. We can't stop with the blouses. The blouses are unbelievable. <laughs> Her blouses are quite extraordinary. Um, we have a great costume designer, Amy Roth, and Amy and um, and Taya get together a lot. And every week they're looking through clothes and figuring out what the next episode's going to be and what the next few episodes are going to be. And she basically has her own closet too, so you'll see things that she repeats because she's trying to make her look as normal as possible. Yeah, what's in that closet in her office at the State <laughs> yeah, Department? Lots of great stuff. <laughs> lots of great stuff. Oh, the bathrobes are Olaf's, so. Oh, they're what? What kind? 
Olatz. It's um, Olatz, the designer. It's originally from Spain, oh. um, but she has a shop here in New York Write City. That and there, I'm writing it down. I tried to I tried to recreate with one from Target the other night to see if it might have the same effect on my husband as it has on Tim Daly. <laughs> so, um, and then are we going to see um, BB Newworth and Patina Miller really like just rock the house at the White House Christmas party? Is that coming up? Like really go for it? <laughs> <laughs> we, love uh, we love when they did keep the giving me good season. ideas i know <laughs> i know right call anytime we have such an we have such incredible cast with um from new york you know they're most of them are triple threats so you know okay let's just that... say you can probably expect at least one more musical scene good. This good. excellent good okay so what's coming up on this week's episode now we had cuba last week but clearly we're headed towards world war three so anything we need to know about this week be on the lookout for yeah we're just going to keep stoking uh, world war three fires um we're going we're going to go back to uh to russia again we, okay. we have unfinished business with russia so um laurie what, what are you know i just said the mix but i can't remember. <laughs> oh that you're because you're working so far ahead we get it. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're like, we're five episodes ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have really, really enjoyed talking to you both today. Uh, the show is fantastic. So keep up the great writing and keep bringing us these great female characters and these complex storylines and these incredible cashmere throws. We just, we just get them a housekeeper. <laughs> That's all we ask. Just get them a court family housekeeper. Another good Thank idea. You. Thank you. <laughs> great idea. All right. Lori McCreary and Barbara right. Hall from Madam Secretary on CBS. Thanks. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Julie, how great was that to talk to two women who are really, you know, powerful in the TV industry, really committed to creating great female characters. I just really love talking to uh, Lori McCurry and Barbara Hall, didn't you? Me too, Lee. And they're just so thoughtful and fun at the same time, at the same time, you know, they, and just to listen to them, I, I like the part when they were saying about how, you know, they think of a region of the world, like the Ukraine, and then they do a little, like, game theory, like, what could possibly happen in three to five years? And that's how they, like, develop their story arcs. And in some cases, what they are projecting that's going to happen actually happens. Yeah. So that, that's amazing. But yeah. that's an interesting process to me, how they do that. Yeah. Yeah, as background I was reading on them, I mean, Barbara Hall was saying she didn't necessarily have a, like, an, oh, she was a political science minor, but didn't have this, like, giant interest in, in you know, politics. It wasn't right. like she was an expert when she started. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, that's the creative process, that you get in there, you decide on a world, and then you learn everything. And some, you don't necessarily have to be an expert in that to create a great show about it. Sometimes that outsider's viewpoint uh, really comes through. Now, I enjoyed it. Those are two really hardworking women. Um, as I said previously, Lori came from the tech world and computer science. So both of them have been women in men's world. And I think that comes through in that show, uh, this idea of these great female characters. I like 
I liked when Lori said she she wished Barbara would imagine a world where she had a good, <laughs> cute husband. That yes. was funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. There you go. If only. All right. Many, many thanks to uh, Barbara and to Lori for being on Satellite Sisters today and to CBS. So if you haven't checked out Madam Secretary, the season one is all on Netflix. And on at CBS.com, you can watch some current episodes and others you may have to pay for. But it's really an engaging and enjoyable show. Um, if you are a regular Satellite Sisters listener, you know that we are out on a book tour with our new book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. If you usually just listen to the Madam Secretary recaps, thank you for hanging in there with us. We hope that you've gone to Satellite Sisters and checked out all the shows we've been doing for 15 years. Uh, we've talked about many other things besides television, and we are out on a book tour, and we would love to meet you. Even if you're brand new to the Satellite Sisterhood, we would love to have you come to a book event. Next week, Julie, next Tuesday, uh, the 24th of November, I will be in Portland, Oregon. Yes, I okay. will. The Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Liz, That's a good place. That's a good place to be, Liam. It's excellent. I'm looking forward to it. I used to live in Portland. I always love going back. So we have the whole Northwest crew getting together, Monica, Liz, and I. We are not doing a reading, but we are doing a meetup at a pub you know that's very portland so uh we're going to be at the lucky lab the lucky labrador on quinby in northwest portland we're going to be there tuesday night from five to eight we'll be talking we'll be signing books we'll be hanging out uh you can buy your own food and drink but uh, we will be happy to to sign any books you bring to us we won't be selling books there but if you have books and if you've ordered them through powell's or annie bloom's or Amazon, you can bring them to the Lucky Lab, and we will be there Tuesday the 24th. That's awesome, Leon. And then right after your turkey dinner, you're getting on the plane, and you are coming to Dallas, Texas. Yes, I am. Woohoo! Yes. On Thursday, December 3rd, at noontime at the Barnes & Noble at Preston Royal uh, Shopping Center, we're going to be there. It's going to be Leon, me, and Vera Smith will be there. Uh, perhaps a special appearance by Alice Smith, my granddaughter. I'm not sure. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta Not get that special. that's exploitive or anything. No, 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 no. no. I got to get some <laughs> special permission. Uh, she is going to be working on some bookmarks. That's what I know. That are only going to be handed out in Dallas. Oh, that's you what are I know kidding too. me. That's a fantastic Isn't that, idea. That was, that was on the Facebook uh, this morning. That, that she make bookmarks about what friendship means to her. Oh, and God. yes, yes, I'm going to start a little bookmark factory. Yes, right here in Dallas, Leon. So December 3rd, noontime, Barnes & Noble. We're going to have some fun. And some light refreshments. Light yes. refreshments. <laughs> But I did put up on the Facebook group. Um, I put up some rec uh, some if you're want to get snacks or lunch. I put up some recommendations right in the area. All okay. kinds of different places you can go eat. Yeah, great, great. So yeah, the that event will go from twelve to one. That will be the official program. But I'm sure that we'll hang out a little bit afterwards, particularly if there are light refreshments. Uh, yes, we, we will. We will be staying. So that is Dallas on uh, Wednesday. No, no Thursday. Thursday. Oh, Thursday, December third, Liam. Uh, Thursday, December 3rd. Okay, Portland, Tuesday the 24th, Dallas, uh, Thursday, December 3rd. For all the events, because I'm also uh, appearing at a bunch of other places in Pasadena over the next couple of days and weeks, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com on the events. Click on the events page, and you'll see information. Hopefully, Google Maps will be there. All kinds of correct uh, details on these on these events. Uh, Julie, anything else going on this week? I think that's it, Leanne. I'm, I have to get to work on these bookmarks. I know. <laughs> 
You got to get a home laminator. Is that? <laughs> I, I know. I got to laminate. I'm a little. I'm intimidated. That's that's the. It's a big problem <laughs> right there. Right there. Right I, there. I okay. think that's the key. I. You know, our mother, uh, our late mother, was a master laminator. She was a. <laughs> she did. She, she liked to na- laminate news clippings. Any really anything. Anything. <laughs> so it would be. It would be a, a very fine tribute to her to laminate those boy babies. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I'm going to look into it. I got to get right. busy. All right, Leanne, you have a good week. You too, Jill. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Hi, this is Lori McCreary. Hi, Lori. And it's Barbara. Hi, Barbara Hall. All right, right on. We did it. Hey, hey. <laughs> Unlike you, Lori, we are not computer scientists. Uh, so <laughs> we have pushed our technological boundaries with two phone calls and a Skype. But uh, I'm That's Leanne. That's good. It looks like they're doing it. Yeah, man. Uh, we had to do about 20 practice tests, we'll be honest. I'm Leanne in Pasadena, <laughs> California. Julie Hi. is here in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Lori. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> Hi. Hello. 